Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. I think the whole thing is like, stop talking about it. Ooh. You know, just stop talking about it and like, do the work. You cannot cheat the process. Boom. And you learn that, man. I learned that when I don't record and listen to it every day or every week, you know? You cannot cheat the process of comedy. Mm. And when stuff's not happening, it could be. It could be because you're not putting in the work you you want to reach the level that you want to get to hot breath what's up hot breath averse i'm so excited to have you back here at the hot breath podcast your weekly guide to comedy mastery i am your host comedian joel byers and you know what time it is hot breath Thank you for joining us again here on Hopper episode number 191. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome aboard. We have almost 200 other interviews all about comedy mastery, so welcome aboard. We call this the Hot Breathiverse. You are now official hot brethren and sistren, so thank you all. This has been a very exciting lead up to this episode. This comedian is the definition of a DIY approach. He has self-produced pilots. He has self-produced his own comedy special. And now we're starting to see it come to life with his most recent Amazon special. So I've been on the road these past few weeks preparing to tape my own comedy special, which I just did this previous week. And the last week's episode actually released talking about the top five lessons I learned from producing my own comedy special. So if it's something you're interested in or learning more about as a comedy fan, just go back to the previous episode and check it out. It's gotten a lot of good feedback. And also, before we jump into this interview, if you want to connect with other listeners from around the world, we have a Facebook group. Go on Facebook, search Hot Breath Comedy Network. I just did a live Q&A on there with people asking about comedy specials. This is just such a hot topic right now in the comedy world, and there is no real right or wrong way to do it. It's just finding your way to do it. And my guest today has found his way after almost 20 years in this game. It is so moving, and actually in this episode, tear up at some point, just because it's it's exciting to see a comedian just doing the work and then that work paying off. So keep grinding out there, kids. I know a lot of y'all that listen are some of you veterans, some of you more newer in the game. It's just all about staying consistent and persistent and it will pay off. So we all need those reminders from time to time. So this episode will be a reminder that do the work and the work will do you wait anyway you know what i'm trying to say okay let's get into this episode take notes enjoy yourselves tune in wherever you found this however you found this 
I appreciate you. We at the Hot Breath of Verse here appreciate you and your valuable time. So without further ado, there is only one thing left to do. And that is inhale a hot breath but, uh, I appreciate with Mike E. That's for you. Winfield. Oh, great. Ah. Here we go. You ready for this? Yeah. Yeah. Are you ready for this? Let's, let's hop into All right, this. Here we go. All right. Hot Breath of Verse. Welcome back to the Hot Breath Podcast. I am your host, comedian Joel Byers. This is your weekly guide to comedy mastery. And today's guest is a master of originality. Oh, yes. This cat started comedy almost 20 years ago after taking a speech class in college. Little. A little few years later, he actually makes his TV debut on a little show called David Letterman, where he actually serendipitously booked by um, running into the booker in the lobby of a hotel right here in Atlanta, actually. Since then, he's been on shows like The Office, where he actually slept in his car the night before that audition. He's also been on BET, Showtime, Netflix. Wow. Most recently, he was one of the six comics of the Amazon. It was five or six did they select? I want to say eight but they're oh, only eight. showing like five total so maybe oh, uh, three okay. bailed out so one of the very select few <laughs> to be having an amazon special right here in 2019 and now wow. wow he is one of the very select few to be on hot breath welcome to the show my man i did it i made it to hot breath <laughs> yeah we made it <laughs> yeah wow this is extraordinary man. What, a, <laughs> what a pleasure and thanks for having me dude thank you for doing this and i always like i like to reach out to comics but i reached out to you and you were like well hold on let me check out the show yeah so what what made you and uh mikey winfield i don't know if i even said your name that's important so jazzed, that's important mikey winfield on hot breath and that's that's great because before you said that people were like man do i know him from somewhere i think i look like that black dude you might know from somewhere <clears throat> so it's important to throw the name out there so they can uh put all that together it's a proper introduction yeah that was great so, so let me yeah. tell you yeah. what, what i have to make sure is i'm not on nothing is just like repulsive or disgusting mm -hmm. or you know how like there's certain people you go on road trips with not all the time because they're the funniest person because you can sit in the car with them so mm. if there's an interview where I'm like, I can't even tolerate this situation, I'm not even going to consider it. I feel you. So I watched other stuff and I was like, oh, this is cool. This is great. And I could see a, a, a good vibe. Boom. Just like that. Boom. Yeah, right. Good vibes here at Hot Breath. And that's what I loved in because I research all my guests and I in researching <laughs> you, it's this this self-made success you've had. Specifically, if we could jump into this with um, your self-produced comedy special. We talked about your Amazon special, but you actually first did your own comedy special. I'd love to dive into that process, yeah. man. Hey, man, it's good to have a chip on your shoulder and feel slept on to a degree. Boom. You know? I'm there right now. What I've always felt is like, I've auditioned for things, and there's things I thought I wanted, but now my, my, my theory for probably the last five years has been just get in where you fit in okay like don't chase at all just if something is coming your way take that that's what's meant for you so it was a point where i wanted this and i wanted that and i wanted all these other things and it was like burning my energy in negative ways mm. so at that i was like man i'm ready i like what i'm putting on stage you know i'm growing as an artist still so i decided yo put the money up record my own special and um I mean, it was a great experience. It was learning. I shot it the way I wanted it to. 
you know, like you see all these specials and these big theaters and all these things. But at the time, my thought was, I want to be somewhere where everyone knows me, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm comfortable, which was a club. We threw six cameras in a club. You know, I six got all cameras, six dude. cameras. We even had the jig, man. It goes like that. Yeah, yeah, does I all saw. that stuff. You yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm so wow. proud of how it came out. It was amazing. I mean, it got great reviews. You know, it had a limited reach because it's self-produced. Mm-hmm. So my whole goal was like, try to sell it, try to sell it. And we did. And you know, man, you know, there we go again. It's just that thing where you put it out there and no, no one jumped on it and, and purchased it, you know, from like a streaming company or a network or anything like that. But the people who saw that one when we were pitching it to it is who circled back and came and approached me about shooting one of these specials for Amazon Prime. What? Right, so right. full circle like that. Yeah, so that's, man, that's my man. inspiration in this. It's like, yo, just keep working Boom. and do what you do, and the other stuff will just come and fall into place. And I'm a living example of uh, that situation. And when we're, let's, let's, let's get into the weeds on this production. So, like, when you're, because selfishly, I'm, I'm taping my special. That's what this is all about. No, no, no. <laughs> no. I didn't know you self-produced until I started researching you. Yeah, that's great. And it's that's always great. good to find a thread where you're like, oh, yes, because it's a lot of comics that listen to this. So I'm not the only one who's like, I want to do my own special. Right. So me, selfishly, I'm, I'm filming in two weeks, so this will release after. But like, I don't want to discourage you in any way either, you know? But, but with the conversation, real. it's going to be pretty straight. Yeah, so, you yeah, know, yeah. You know, so, you Keep know. it 100. Good, good. <laughs> what like what do you got? What do you got? No, to... continue with your questions and moving. I'm just, I, just, I have a lot of thoughts when it's about <laughs> recording your own special. So... Um, what are your thoughts? That's my question is what are your thoughts on like a comedian self-producing their own special? I think, I mean, times are changing and you should put yourself out there in the most quality way you can if mm-hmm. possible. You know, my, my question is like, how long have you been doing stand-up and what product are you putting out? Are you going for an hour? Are you going for a half hour? Are you um, trying to pitch the networks? Do you want to just uploaded directly to you know they got like video uh amazon prime direct you could just mm-hmm. push it on there and drive sales do you already have the following you know it's so many tricky things when it comes to uh deciding to self-produce but i recommend everyone do what fits for them and just continue because we gotta we have to push ourselves you know yeah and what inspired me what well, one i've been doing this almost 10 years okay um i'm planning to do like 45 minutes but i'm i have like an alternate format in terms of the structure of the actual special that i don't want it to be just me on stage for 45 minutes i feel like there's an alternative way to kind of approach the stand-up special format especially now with so many flooding the market i'm right. looking at I'm looking at a little. I'm looking at a left hook here. I'm coming in southpaw on the specials. Uh, I don't want to give away too much. Why though? Can you say why? Because why don't you want to do straight stand up? Well, I can and I do. Yeah. But I feel like every like people are just seeing specials over and over and over again, and like yeah. Netflix is flooded, and it's just one person talking for 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. But I'm starting to see people play around with the format um julio torres his hbo special he was like playing with shapes and 
Um, uh, Gary Goldman, I, I mean, I just saw this trailer like yesterday, but his seems to be more like it's going into his backstory and also his uh, dealings with depression. And there's like right. a theme behind it. So that, I haven't seen that special, but that almost reinforced my vision that maybe just standing on stage isn't entertaining enough. no 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 or okay. there's a way i'm gonna <laughs> okay no no man look this is it when a <laughs> when a person is at that mental level where you know what you do on stage you know that an hour or 45 minutes which is a great amount of time substantial enough you know that it'll rock Mm -hmm. But I do feel like if we're like, let's figure out another way to keep people interested, it's because maybe there's something else going on that may be a reason that you don't want to, or a person doesn't just want to drop straight stand up. Do you feel like the attention spans are different and we got to, you got to trick people? Or? I feel like the trend is heading away from that. Oh, And I just want to be ahead of the, the shift. That's smart. That's you know smart I mean? to be ahead of curves. There's so much yeah. evolution in stand-up and in comedy. So I get that part. I'm just, I do, like many, feel like stand-up could be extinct one day. It could just, <gasps> it could just go away, uh, man. There's so not, much, yeah. you know, uh, people trying to pull you and make you lose stuff just because of certain words you've said or certain mm, opinions mm. you've had. So... I get it. But I'm I'm a purist. Like, I'm stand-up first. Like, before anything I do for my entire career, like, I'm stand-up first. And I'm not trying to do this as a cop-out, but I am trying to do this as, like, I feel like it's starting. The pendulum is shifting over here, so let me just jump over here, take a risk. Okay. And I know it's funny. And, like, yours being, like, step-man. And even researching you, you did an interview where the, the interviewer was talking about, I like your specials because I'm seeing like different chapters of your life. Yes. And mine, mine's going to be called The Trophy Husband. So it's, this is like chapter one. Love it. You know, so yeah. I, you and looking at your body of work, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, that's another way to do this game where yours is like chapters of your life right. as opposed to like, here's, here's a stand-up special and then here's another one over here. Yours is kind of unique it's, in that yeah, way, it's, too. It's growing know? with me. Yes. And I feel like my audience will continue to grow with me and my style. It's just one of those things where... I love regular life. I love everyday stuff, and that's only what I'm going to discuss. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, that's just that's me, right? But making it into material, like you're known for your writing, and you were an English major, and yes, like, I'd love to dive into your writing process too. Are you still daily, and what does that look Man, like? Man, I love it because one of the first mentions you had was originality. That's yes. so that's so important to me, if not the most important part of this other stuff. Like the other things you know, you can teach. Like, fortunately, I have, like, a presence on stage, you know, and all of that. It just came with it. But the other things anyone has access to if they put in the time, which mm. is, for me, it is it's daily writing. And I want, this is what I slacked on lately. I record, but I'm only listening to it now, like, twice a week. Mm. But, but, I've been making excuses. And that was a big excuse. That's terrible. <laughs> But man, I did some colleges over like the, the the like last month, and with colleges, I'm performing every night. Then I'm flying the next day. Then I'm driving for like two hours. Then you go to the school and you do all this stuff, and then your flight leaves at six. So now you got to drive two hours to get to the airport at three thirty, so you can be back. And there's no time to recoup. 
So it's just been about putting on a great show versus growing as an artist, which kind of hurts. I don't like that feeling. It's like I'm just doing this for the check in a whole bunch of ways. But since the special dropped, I'm telling you, like, within that week, I booked, like, 10 club weekends, you know? So, like, they're reaching out. They're hitting up my agent, and then, boom, things is, like, flooding now. The numbers are, like, this gradual growth. But this is what I love about the clubs. You get that you get that rhythm. So now I'm doing five or six shows in a weekend. Yeah. I get to stay here with coffee, my book, and I just get to listen and I'm listening. Every show I've listened to. So I'm back on the track that I want to that's gonna get the best out of me as an artist. When when you're listening, are you taking notes? Do you have a set list? Like Okay, so <laughs> hey, this is crazy. Yeah, I guess I could I guess I'm gonna share enough. Of this process. Enough. Because, okay. man, there's like, there's certain things that's like, <laughs> I do that I just, only I'm going to do, right? It's okay. just one of those things. Okay. But what I will say, um, I just hear myself talk. So mm-hmm. when I'm listening to the recording, I'm just like, you should talk about this. So it's almost like the right brain is like, yo, just talk about this now. And while I'm hearing myself talk, it's like I'm listening from like an out-of-body experience telling myself what to talk about. Hmm. And then I write it down. How I think it would be, you know, funny. I got my own Mikey Winfield formula, and then I just work it out and I try it on the stage tonight, or the next night, or the next night, and I just keep trying it, and then I list it again, and it's like uh, rinse and reuse. You create set lists before your shows. <sighs> I don't have to so much of the set list thing. So mm-hmm. what's happening is I can visually see it. I can just see each area. Whoa. So what I have, like, um, I'll open up and it'll just be like, okay, let's start here and give them a background. Let's kind of set the foundation. So that's kind of how my special was. I set the foundation of being a married dude to an older woman, things that I'm interested in with a, a stepson who's older that I call stepman. Boom. That's set. Mm. Then I go into, you know, a stepman story. And I kind of dip into my relationship, and that's like my favorite thing to talk about. So when this podcast kicks off from my my own, it's gonna be like relationship stuff or yeah. people talking, of, you know, the inside what they're willing to share. So, mm-hmm. and I just kind of see it in like visuals and stories, and that's how I write it all down, and then I just perform it. You do you write like free writing, like where you just kind of do stream of consciousness writing? Because I know you're big on pen to paper, which I yeah am yeah too. I am definitely. And you like you value notebooks, and you like yeah like you're big on like my favorite pen is the Bic Atlantis. Like I'm I'm nerdy about yeah. the writing side. I'm also. big on the books too. Yeah. yeah. So like, are you free writing, or is it more like lists or? No, I like I just write stuff down, then I'll go back and read it and say like, all right, is this still funny to me? Gotcha. But this is the problem with that. Sometimes I'll talk myself out of trying something that I thought was funny when I first wrote it. And then I'm like, I don't know. But now when I just go up and try everything, sometimes I'm like, okay, that was funny. Mm-hmm. And I base it off their reaction. And I'm like, oh, okay, just just trust yourself and just go and do this. So, yeah, it's basically just writing stuff down and trying everything. Every once in a while, I'll take notes on stage. But that's so I don't forget to try the new material. Because mm-hmm. when I don't try it, I feel like I just wasted a set. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying this new material, like even you, like I, I consider listening as part of writing. Like I find new punchlines just in listening to my set. 
So you were you were working on a story about your experience in Las Vegas. Yes. So in building a story, you just kind of go on stage and tell the story as is, and then you listen back and say like, "Oh, there's a funny idea I can inject next time." You kind of piece right. it like that. But is I, that the I but I think about what's funny about it or what okay. I consider funny about it. So okay. I'm telling the story with. You know, the end game has to be jokes and all this. It has yes. to be comedy. Yes, children. Um, it has to be funny. Laughter, <laughs> you know. And ah, this is my pain of like comedy nowadays. I feel like so many people are stuck on I got to give this point of view or yes. I got to have this opinion. And the, the punchlines are not living up to the strength of the opinion. So all I know is how you feel, but I haven't laughed. Right. You know, that that hurts. I'm like, develop. And there's a lot of potential in many to get funny, but just get funny, you know, because mm. that's why the people are there. If you just want to go to a conference and hear someone's opinions, like go hear some political rally or something, you know, mm -hmm. but at a comedy club, people, I, I go to comedy clubs because I want to laugh. Right. I want to be entertained, man. I don't just want to learn something. You don't want a spoken word. Exactly. Man. Yeah. Yeah. And you had a breakthrough when you stopped trying to be funny. Like, yeah. So early on, that's what I, I, I was just forcing it. I right. was just like, yeah. And I got a lot <laughs> off with, you know, like looking funny, like just looking entertaining. Right. So it's, it's twisted because then some of the, you know, charisma might sell jokes that don't need to be sold so interesting <laughs> yeah so i had to kind of dial back and really detail what i'm saying and what am i trying to say and what's the point of this joke and then where's the the the, the twist ah so that's that's a good place to start is like what am i trying to say or even like what is the point of me saying this? that's a great thought in your joke cause okay I hear, you know, jokes and I don't think everyone is even listening to what they're saying. You like, you know what you just said in that joke? Mm -hmm. Cuz people don't always remember your material, but they will remember what your point was. They're like, "Oh yeah, that's the guy that was talking about, you know, you know, how dogs shouldn't be neutered, you know, whatever it is." So, I think it's important to know what you're talking about. That's that's fascinating cuz I recently came across that maybe in the past year or so where I did start getting more personal, and then that's when people started coming after the shows, telling me specific jokes they liked, and like, oh, that's just like right. my wife and our dog, or that's just like my uncle, and they started to actually come up and be able to tell me the jokes, as opposed to, you were funny, nice job. Yeah, right. That was a big shift for me just like a year ago. Like that right. personal is when people actually started. I think that's when you connect. Yeah. That's really when you connect with people is when mm. they see themselves or even a piece of themselves in you and then they're like i like this person boom right right and you're you're able to which is something i want to do more is like translate these experiences into like a story like you had this lady sat on your lap yes and now it's this whole huge story like yes. do you even remember it seemingly on like on paper, it would be like, so I, after a show, this lady sat on my lap, and it was crazy, and then I couldn't stand up. Ah. Right, but like, right. how do you stretch a, a moment like that? How do you stretch a moment out like that? I always thought, I mean, that's what you do is tags. You just really okay. 
and I see it all in pictures. So I can still see that lady doing that. Okay. And man, there was people around and she was so comfortable and she was wide and soft and she just sat yeah. there, you know, comfortably and she turns to me and I remember my feelings. Like it felt good. But then I was like, is this wrong? Like, am I cheating on my wife right now? That's how I felt because I was enjoying this lady's lap and she had a warm ass mm -hmm. and you know, and it was everything about it was fun comfortable it was wrong it was right it was perfect and that's what happens after shows now so mm -hmm. now women come to you like i'm not gonna shit on your lap <laughs> <laughs> but they remember the joke oh they really remember so that that's one. interesting you remembered how you felt in that moment and you make sure you bring that feeling to the stage absolutely and that's the connection the Boom. feelings okay. like it's not a surface story it's internal why i was in this situation why I felt that way. These are the parts of it that I think are funny. Mm. Yeah. And you you brought in like your perspective, her perspective, the guy taking the photo. So like when you're building a story, it's almost like you want to give like a 360 view of it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I want this picture from every single angle. And mm -hmm. then I'll give it from just like angles you don't expect. Yeah, it'll be like the cameraman's feelings on right, it. You know? right, so right, right, right. I think that's what comedy is, is like, especially original comedy, is just finding a route that everyone else may not go. Mm. And you're very comfortable in silence, too, is something yeah. I've noticed, is you'll, you'll like say something and give the audience a chance to almost like breathe with you, and right. then they like laugh. Like, so here's the thing about that. That's yeah. technique, and let yeah. me explain the technique. Ooh, All right, let's get so, into it. And that's great, man. I like how you do that, because some can interpret that wrong. Some can hear, oh, you're comfortable in silence. Like, you know, like, no one's laughing. Oh, <laughs> you that's know? power. You know? That's but power. The thing about it is you got to keep in mind that these people are hearing these jokes for the very first time. So even though you know how you felt and how it goes, you, for me, I give them the minute to soak in the joke, to feel it and really laugh, boom, and now it's locked in. And then we move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. And instead of just speeding through, because you speed through, people will miss things. And I think even like my hour special, I kind of accelerated just a little more because I know that in television there's rewatch value. So if you miss something on TV, you go back and watch it again, which is extraordinary. If you got Amazon Prime, find my special because people are watching it twice. Yeah. So I got like so many people like, yo, I watched it again today. And when I talk about the dream, like the dream, I'm currently living the dream. Oh and my God. The dream is like awesome. dropping a special like nationwide and like people watching it, you know, and reaching out and telling you what they liked about it. Mm -hmm. And my personal joy is not one part, you know, and that crap, it really touches the heartstrings because every time I get a message, it's like, oh, man, I love that thing about Daryl. Or it's like, oh, man, I love the Heimlich maneuver. Yeah, you know, and it's yeah, all yeah. these. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I keep getting everyone's favorite part is a different part. Mm -hmm. And that that really sticks out to me. And I'm just like, I'm super grateful. I'm thankful of the opportunities that I got. And I was so happy that. And I hope I continue to just take advantage of every opportunity that I was able to get. That's what's amazing about this moment. And you saying that, I was like starting to tear up a little bit. Because it's like, you've been doing this almost 20 years 
you've you've had some successes here and you've been working towards this moment and you're like no one else will buy it fine i'll self-produce it and then now it's like you 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 have this moment oh i do have an amazon special and it is making an impact and we were just saying off camera like it is trending right now like people are gravitating it's literally towards it. trending on amazon prime right now my oh, hour gosh, dude, is so trending cool. and i mean we do this for so many you know different reasons mm -hmm. but i've always been a guy that's wanted you know an hour special and when i made it i was so happy my first one and i'm still proud of it and the second just to be offered a platform and for people to see it like across the country and different other countries. Oh man, that I mean, like I'm not done by any means. Of course. Oh, but no. that part is why I got in it. That was one of my main goals. And that goal is checked. And now I just want to make a better one. I feel like now I owe the people something even funnier. And they love this, but I'm like, Yo, man, I got to grow. I got to figure out what's the next move. But you're even big on mindset, and you do, you've, like, practiced your award speeches in the mirror. Like Absolutely. You're big on <laughs> yeah. this mindset and success being a mindset. Yeah, I, I felt it. I've always, I've always seen amazing things for myself, you know, but that, that doesn't hurt that people have been planting that in your head for years. Like, I'm kind of one of those people that people see, like, okay, I don't know what it is, but something, something's going to happen, mm -hmm. something, you know, and, you know, I'm not like blind to that. So that has helped, you know, and believing in yourself is like the biggest part of this at, you know, like total. So that, that doesn't hurt the case. And especially with comedians, we can, we can go through highs and lows and oh, yeah. this is awesome. And then all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out from underneath you. Like where, how, how do you kind of control your mental state yeah. throughout all that? I think I've lost emotion, you know, <laughs> I really think like I'm Ooh. so even killed, man. Like no one really has seen me at some incredible high and incredible low. I'm okay. like literally this across the board. And I think putting in so many years in entertainment me personally i'm just jaded like i'm just like nothing is very few things that are even funny to me you know like i'm just kind of i've seen so much mm -hmm. that even when i get the call for the next yo you got casted i'm like and they're all on the phone all the managers and the agents and they're looking for this big reaction and i'm like yeah thank you because i'm incredibly grateful but i just don't have that energy anymore to just like scream out the window i've like i've seen a lot mm -hmm. so i love this and i love nothing more than like comedy but i've just been in it and I've, i haven't stopped like i literally since i started i haven't taken time off mm -hmm. i'm just like i'm doing this mm -hmm. and there's no like it feeling old there's no nothing you know it's just Go, go, just keep going. No excuses, nothing. But do you find having goals helps that momentum keep moving forward? It's important to have goals. Okay. I think when you do make goals for yourself, what you do is you mentally put that into the like atmosphere. You put it in the world. And then if you're focusing on it, you'll achieve it. You know, just leave it on that list so you, your bodies, your mind can see it and you'll just reach it. So I think it's incredibly incredibly important to have goals but keep in mind 
there's other things that are going to come to you that may not be on your goals list and you jump on that. You know, maybe you want to be on uh, This Is Us. And you're like, man, that's my only dream. But maybe that's not for you. Maybe you end up on whatever the next show is. Mm-hmm. And that's great. Just, you know, keep yourself open. You've had so many opportunities. How do you pick which ones to say yes and which ones to say no to? Well, I pick them all now because no one knows me. You just, you just do it all. <laughs> no, not so much. There's uh-huh. a ton of crap that you just turn down because you're just like, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. So... uh what I'm doing now, like, it's I'm getting great auditions, but my audition caliber has went up because of this new special. Right. It's like buzz or something. Ever since I did this NBC thing, like, last year, it kind of um, just put my face back out there a little more. And then with the special, that's just bringing in an audience. So I think that's helping my audition caliber, mm-hmm. and I think that's important. But in the meantime, I want to act. So I would take roles just so I can get the, you know, the experience that it takes to become good and then maybe great. It's not something you just jump into and you're just talented about it, man. Actors put in, if not more time than comedians to become great actors. Mm. It's not one of those things you just... Because you do stand-up, you're just great at acting. Yeah, we're like delusional in that sense, though. Yeah, we're like, yeah. I can do anything. And then <laughs> yeah, it's just not the case, man. And uh-huh. I've been around talented acting, and it's very admirable. It's amazing to watch. Yeah, I remember you you've talking about like being face-to-face with Ed Helms, and you're like, he was like eight different people. You're like, I need to get better at acting. Yo, like. that, so that was scary. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great you saw that. So, yeah, just being in a room with someone who like clicks right in the character... <laughs> I hadn't seen that before. Uh-huh. So that was wild. Then being around Kiki Palmer on set of the yeah. movie Pimp. Yeah. I just watched her do methods when there were emotional scenes to get herself to a point. I'm like, yo, this is way bigger. This is way bigger than mm-hmm. like people think it is. It's not just going out there and finding the paper and doing your lines. It's investing into deep feelings and just jumping in and becoming whoever this character is. And that's... That's who gets the award nominations, those actors. Hey, which you did. You got an Emmy yes. nominee. Nomination. Nomination. <laughs> hey, I mean, we're yeah. starting, you know. Yeah, right. Hey, Got to hey. start somewhere. Hey, but it's crazy because it was for a dramatic role, you know. Uh-huh. And the thing about it, it was like a one-take fit like shot. So it was literally a 17-minute <laughs> dramatic. Let me tell you the energy. It just took every ounce of energy to to act that or to be that. Mm-hmm. It's so exhausting. I was so beaten. Then we would reshoot it and reshoot it. And after you did it like three times, it, it was like nothing left. It's nothing left. But to look back and say that I got an Emmy nomination, I guess the work it mattered. But oh man, it's heavy. Very. Are you, is acting kind of? You said you want to do another special, but is acting like going to become a big part of your focus now? Hey, man, also? here's the thing. I want to. I want to act. Mm-hmm. But again, you get in where you fit in. Right. So, man, if comedy's calling, which I feel like I'll, I'll want to do that forever, you know, tour, write jokes, mm-hmm. I can do that in my sleep. I'm going to continue to do that. But, you know, if the acting doors open up and I get opportunities, you know, then I'm going to jump on them. But stand up is like what gets me everything. Yes. Every role I've got, it was because like it was connected to somehow someone knowing me from stand up. So this is like it's the it's the 
it's the sauce. Mm-hmm. Stand up is the sauce. Yeah, it gets me pretty much like everything. Well, is Stepman a TV show concept as well? Hey man, they can sleep on it if they want. But as soon as I decide to self-produce it, self-produce hey man, again. It's, it's already written. It's already written. Really? It's already characterly broke down. I already got episodes. And man, now that I just started, I just started this, releasing all the actual home videos and pictures of me and Statman, people are really seeing the visual. And it's, it's, it's something. It's something. And when you say it's already written, you have like multiple episodes written or you have like a pilot? I have, I have like three episodes written, but they're not in sequence. I just wrote them all at different times. So they're just kind of like non-connected different episodes because I've been pitching this show for like years. Oh, you know? okay. And I think everything comes with a buzz, man. You can have the dopest idea in the room, but they give it to, you know, to me. I see more of the people getting it are the people that are, are hot. Whoever's hot is getting that next deal. So it's, that's what you got to do. You got to make yourself hot. But TV is so finicky. And I've heard people, they get the show. They tape the show. And then the show still doesn't come out. Like I know, man. Every step of the way. That's my problem with network. Uh-huh. And, you know, until they change the format, I'm not, you know, I'm not so interested in network television. Now, I can do clean shows all day. But... I would want to go where I'm going to get a guaranteed six or eight episodes out the gate Mm -hmm. to, you know, give it a chance. But I don't even know why they cancel shows anymore. It's just one day I'm like, what happened to the? It was a great show. And it's just history. You know, it's just gone. So I would like an opportunity. But let me tell you where I'm at. Okay. I'm in a good working business with Amazon Prime right now. And Amazon is one of those uh, uh, companies that are really looking to grow right now. I can tell, yeah. And they're putting on some amazing shows, man. Like, I'm watching this show, The Boys, right now with these superheroes that are corrupt. It's one of the (laughs) best shows out right now. Okay. Like, no joke. And um, it's cool to just have a nice working relationship with people who believe in you. They gave me my first nationally released special, and I'm very grateful about that. But you won the NBC stand-up competition. Yes. So you have a holding deal with NBC. I it it, it I had it. It ran out. Oh, it ran yeah. out. Okay. But yeah, I made a nice bit of money on that, and uh, I got my a, man. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm still I still talk to them like regularly, so uh-huh. that's like cool. We got a good working relationship, which is great. It's the, that's that's what this is about networking. Yeah, you know, building trust and then putting out quality content. Ooh, can you can you talk more about the networking piece? Because I feel like after you filmed Letterman, then you like got the office. Like not long after that, it was really near to that. But uh-huh. it was funny how it works, man. Before my Letterman aired, when everyone knew I had Letterman, which I booked on my own. I had all these agency meetings, all these manager meetings. People just started coming out of like wherever, you know, and. Everything's predicated on buzz, man. When they, someone feels like, okay, this is about to be big. They want to be the first ones in, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yes, I got the office right after Letterman because that Letterman just started throwing me in clubs and I was working. I was, you know, I got great representation. And so that kept me busy. Then I got the office and then, you know, auditioned a bunch, got a little something here and there. And then I felt like to a degree, I fizzled a bit. You know, I just kind of like 
coasted and coasted. And then I was like, okay, like you got to get back out there. Even though I felt like I was doing stuff, I still personally felt like, yo, man, get talked about. Right. You know, without being one of these weird ass people to just say some like clout shit, you know, just to be, you know, seen or heard, you know. So I've done a couple like a movie here and there. And then that's why I jumped on that NBC thing. I'm like, yo, just hop in this and. You know, do it real quick. You know, <laughs> get the check real quick. You yeah, know, yeah. Do it go for the jump culture. in there. You know, <laughs> drop these jokes. <laughs> and so, yeah, that went um, obviously that went extremely well. You mm-hmm. know, and it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt the case. And the next thing you know, you know, there was a special knocking at the door, and boom. Did, did they just come through your agency? Who? Um, Amazon? Like how? Because it's like your shop. Your first self-produced. You're like shopping, 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 shopping. But did they like come to you? Yes. With this? Wow. Yeah, they came right right to the agent, and they were like, "We would love to work, you know, with Mike." And I was like, "I would love to work with you." And wow. then boom, you know, we recorded. It was amazing night. It was over the course of two shows. Um, I shot the first show. And I was a little worried, oh, you really? know, yeah, because you know, like <laughs> it was a cool amount of people, but it was um, the energy was light. You know, and I kind of even thought that for the second show that the energy was even light, but it was better than the first show. And I performed and I was like, I mean, that went cool, but I don't think a special can just be just cool, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was, and everyone reassured me. They were like, no, it was great. I'm like, no, no. And so the second show, man, I just, it was do or die. It was just like, whatever (laughs) it takes, like drop, go, sell, get in there, work. You know, and I just dipped in, man, and jumped in. And I'm all I can say is you don't know how anything will be received, but how it's being received now is like, man, you talk about tears. Oh, you know, yeah. man, you just see people like, you just seeing yourself come up and post. And you're like, yo, man, this is, this is never what I thought. You know, I just thought you, 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 I hope one day I would get a special, but to see it being received on such a level where, you know, they're talking about you, oh, that's, I, I can work more now. Right. It's like new confidence. It's like, okay, great. Now I'm going to get work because mm-hmm. they know that, like, I got this out and I can attract people. Or I can tell jokes. So I can tell you, I watched it with my wife. And she she plays this coloring app on her phone right. you know, like all times. You know, like when we're watching TV and there were a few of your jokes about your your wife, she like laughed and then like she put her phone down and like watched it. Like I can't tell you <laughs> how big of a five star review that is coming from my wife. She oh, put her amazing. phone she down. Put her phone down to watch it, dude. And I was just like, Oh, is she feeling okay? Like yeah. she was into it. Like it's it hits a it hits a universal note and it really I'm trying to tell my story. I'm telling my story with with mine and watching your specials. And it's like, okay, this is a way to do it where you're just kind of telling your story and your personal experience. Right. It's it's personal, but it's like you're talking about your family and you're talking about your wife and yeah, I think your it's mysterious really, wife. Like, yeah, who right. is? I googled her. I was like, who is this lady? Yeah. <laughs> I, I really think um, it really hits with couples too. My special mm. really hits with couples. I have so many. This happens a lot where like women will come to the show and they'll come to me and they're like, I'm so mad. My husband's not with me to see this. And that happens the most. So now, like, I think after people see the special, they will come Mm -hmm. together because it 
in telling my story, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about love. I'm talking about hate. You know, I'm talking about an old ass stepkid. I'm talking about like things you get from your parents that you're not even proud of. You know, there's a lot. And I think that's I'm twisting on my own personal evolution. What what's been your wife's reaction to like all this personal material? Hey man, here's the thing. She's been in the game for so long with me that uh -huh. you know, we've been through the heart, like the real hard. The, the, we've been through that storm and I hope there's not any more storms coming, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but it started off really bad. She wasn't into the material. A lot of my material was like undeveloped. So instead of saying hateful stuff with a good twist it was just hateful you know <laughs> it was just me expounding upon our relationship without the tweak funny in the right, end right, right. And so i get how that wasn't easy for her you know but in developing and becoming a better creator or performer or writer now she's all aboard because the sh it's just not it's not like hurtful Mm -hmm. Like, if you watch it, you could see every joke, it comes from a place of, like, this is a dude who's in love, who's just dealing with his own issues and trying to trying to make this work. He just doesn't know how to. Did, did you break her down, or was there a moment where she was like, okay, you're going to do it regardless? Like, Man, I was incredibly selfish, man. Okay. I was just like, I'm doing this to the point where... Yo, things were like on the ropes. Things were bad, man. But it's this with like the marriage. Yeah, man. Whoa. It's comedy, especially early on. It's an addiction. Yes, you know, it's kind of like that's all I want to talk about. So it monopolized every conversation. And she's like, "That's all you talk about. That's all I wanted to do." I stopped working at a certain point. I used to have this job where you could work fifty hours a week, but they call you in, and I stopped taking like the calls in to go to work because I'm driving to Oregon for $50, you know? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm doing this. And, you know, it was really tough in the house. But now, where we are now, even she looks back and she's like, yo, those were bad times, but I see what you had to do to get us where we are now. Mm -hmm. Like where she is now, she's literally putting new floors in our house right now. And that <laughs> that is like from comedy. Victory. From freaking comedy. That's she's beautiful. installing wood floors. Yep. Oh man. And here's me, man. Like, I ain't even in it. And this is the craziest thing to say out loud, but the money doesn't move me. It never has. For I get that the family needs to eat, and it's only been about her and the money and the cash. Like, she doesn't want me to be cheated out of what I deserve for gigs, but I just want to do it and be a respected artist. Mm. It's all I care about. Yeah. I just care about my talent being respected, you know, and that's it. She can keep all the money. She can have all that, man. I'm like, it's, it's, that's not what I'm about. How instrumental is she in the actual comedy career because like my wife personally i am more of like i just want to be really great at comedy and just be this artist my wife's like but it is a job and like being married has kept me motivated to find new avenues and new ways you know yeah being a new motivation how instrumental is she in your career like that she's very hands-on i mean she really protects me man from hoes you know and she like <laughs> it's just making sure that 
I stay away from that world. So she's really mm-hmm. interactive and all of that. Right. Um, she makes sure I answer all emails. She's very heavy. She helps. She's really smart. So I would I would call her pretty hands on. Now yeah. she's busy with the house, <laughs> you know, and and she gets caught up in her stuff. And so I end up having to do, you know, a lot on my own or whatever. But as a whole, man, yeah, yeah, man. I, that whole theory of having like a strong woman behind you is important. It, it it works for some people. I'm one of those people. And what resonated with me is you, I heard you say that a shift when your relationship was when it became, the comedy was like our comedy instead of just like yours. Absolutely. And that's okay. what we call it in the house because that's what it is. Okay. This is ours. This is our success. And that that did that changed everything. But it wasn't me just saying it. It was me believing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really ours, man. We get to celebrate this when we go on vacations. This is because of what we did to get here. Yeah, and she's a big part of it. Even though, like, you know, I'm the dude writing the jokes and performing it. You know, like a lot of my energy comes from our interactions yeah. and our every day to day stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and uh, in landing this plane here, uh, the, a question, and that was great. Like, there's so many just parallels that it's, it's very inspiring. The timing of this interview is amazing. It's great. So, uh, what I always ask comedians is, like, their epic boo or bombing story. Like, you, we're talking about all the success you're having, but we're nowhere without our failures. And is there a top-of-mind story of a show you did where everything went wrong and it's just an unforgettable man you know why is it that that's what you remember the most it's almost <laughs> like when there's a crowd of 500 people but there's one person with their arms crossed not laughing you remember that person oh, you yeah. know and i do man i mean there's there's i hate when comedians say they don't bomb that hurts. Dude, I've had a few people say that on here, and I'm just like, really? Yeah, That's man. where we're going to go with this? I, I think people don't know what bombing is, and I got so many different you know, definitions of bombing. Like One in particular is like when you, you're afraid to take risk. So there's times when I'll have that new joke in my pocket, but I just want to kill this crowd instead of trying this new piece that's going to make me a better performer. So even though like they laughed and they buckled over, I bombed because I had fear. Mm. I was acting like a little bitch, you know? Mm. So that to me. But what we're really discussing right now <laughs> is uh, I think it was like 2006 in Stockton, California. Perfect. I was at a fashion show. And I remember getting booked for this because they had so many comedy auditions. And they were clowning everybody else like, yeah, they weren't funny, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, because they ain't me, you know? Of course. I went in extra cocky, you know? And this is a guy that at the time is like three years in, you know? Uh And they're like, all you're going to have to do is um, they're going to bring up acts. You're going to jump five minutes. I mean, you're going to do five minutes in between while people change clothes and then uh, different acts perform. I was like, a breeze, you know? And then, man, I remember that day. I go up. And I just jumped right into material at a fashion show instead of being a host. No one even knew I was a comedian. Mm-hmm. And then think about three years in, the caliber of content you were bringing to the table. So they're staring at me. And I'm like, oh, okay, you know, all right, y'all, just forget it. Let's just bring up the next act. You know, and I bring up the first act. And then they're like, okay, boom, first act goes. Then I come out and they're like, all right, five minutes, just five minutes while we get the next thing. You know how long five minutes is when you burnt 
all your material in the first three minutes? <laughs> Yo. So now I can feel everything raining, all the bad, everyone staring at me. Like they starting to like talk amongst each other. And then they like, yo, get off the stage, man. Bring up. And they start yelling. This is, Stockton is a pretty aggressive town. And they just like yelling. Now I start getting in attack mode. But I only have one comeback. And I'm like, your mother. That's, a, <laughs> that's all I'm saying is, your mother. Someone even yelled at me. They were like, stop with the your mother stuff. Damn. And I had nothing. But I had to stay on stage. So then I'm just up there with nothing to say sweating uncomfortable people are booing the <gasps> the fashion show people in between they sucked too <sighs> so it was like it, the performances in between was terrible it was the worst show oh. and yeah so i got i just got booed man like out of stock and it hurt and then i was like i got hit with that why am i doing this even though it wasn't a conventional comedy show it was just like oh what you know, what am I doing, man? Right, like, right, right. Why do I need this, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, those things, man, you just never forget. They just, like, sit here somewhere. It's like a scar. Yeah, it's really a scar. It's just mm -hmm. there. It won't go away no matter how much therapy you get. <laughs> Have you? Do you do therapy? I have tried it, yeah. Oh, did the light just go out? Yeah, I think it told us the interview's over. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Look at us. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, we're back. We're back. Preparation. And, you know, I've, I've had interviews on here, Bomb, and one of them was batteries dying, SD cards filling up. So, yeah. you know, you just got to prepare. I mean, and you got to always be ready, man, example on the fly. Example of preparation, you know? I mean, that's what we learn in this business, man. You got to be prepared for anything. The yeah. mic might go out at the show. You know, mm -hmm. the lights might go. Anything can happen. Yeah. Right. So let, let's cleanse our palate here at the end. Because yes. Your, your Letterman experience, you actually got bumped three times before you got to actually perform. <laughs> But in those bumpings, you actually met Steve Martin yeah. before. Th that's my favorite. And I would love to know what that experience was like. I mean, yeah, man, it's, I guess I forgot that anything can happen when you're in the green room for the David Letterman show. Uh -huh. um, it was weird. I'm just in there. I had some fruit, you know, and I'm just like waiting to go on. And then here comes this guy. And it's like Steve Martin just standing in the doorway like, hey, you know? Oh and I, hey, I had just finished reading this book. Yo. So it was like I had read his book like three months ago. So I, to me, I'm like, yo, is that one of them universe things when you're focused on something and it just comes to like life, you know? And very brief, you know, he was in the hallway and I just told him, hey, I just read your book. And he was just kind. Right. You know, he yeah, didn't yeah. have too much to say. He wasn't mm -hmm. like... We were on the road together, and he's like, all right, this is everything. Of course. It was just like that just, brief interaction that was like, oh, this is uh, fun to watch. This mm -hmm. is cool to see. And I was incredibly discouraged at that time because I think that was like the second time I was bumped from Letterman. So then I was like already semi-defeated in the green room, and he pops up, and I'm like, all right. And he's not why I got bumped. It was like some other group. Oh, but it's one of those serendipitous moments, I guess. Yeah. It's just you read his book and then there he is. Yeah, right, know? right. It's fun to watch, man. It's just great to see, like, there's all types of different successes and it's great to see, you know, like, this is a field. Yeah. That's what I always thought, like, yo, man, I can do this. This is, I can do this and, like, live a life 
And that's why I never wanted, you know, like just anything basic. I just had to prepare myself to make sure that no matter what happened with this, I did have other stuff I could do. Well, you got to open for Russell Peters, and to see comedy at that scale, that probably opened up your mindset also, right? Hey, man, that is a, that's just too big. That's too big, okay. <laughs> no, man, no, the thing about, like, that's a one percenter success level. Right. Like, yeah. Russell Peters' success is, like, you're when you open for him, you're in crowds of, like, 20,000 people of different cultures that just are happy to be there even though they spent like $60 a ticket. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, that's just comedy. That's just like you getting too much sometimes. I was, that was so great to have that receptive crowd at such a young time in my career, you know? And he, I've heard he's like one of the nicest guys. I've heard him buy, he's bought like computers for comics. He's like had people stay at his house for free when he's not there. Like he is yeah, like. Yeah. Very generous yeah. guy, man. Very great comic. And his brother used to manage me. Mm. Um, and we just, yeah, cool relationship. Still, still great dude, man. And just like everyone, man, he's just working to, you know, create the next big thing as right. well. So in uh, in closing here, do you have any closing advice for comedians out there? Any? Oh, absolutely, man. Tidbits? Like, I think the whole thing is like, stop talking about it. Ooh. You know, just stop talking about it and like do the work. You cannot cheat the process. Boom. And you learn that, man. I learn that when I don't record and listen to it every day or every week. You know, you cannot cheat the process of comedy. Mm. And when stuff's not happening, it could be. It could be because you're not putting in the work you you want to reach the level that you want to get to. This is a prime example. Putting in the work, it pays off. So please let them know where they can support you, checking out the special. Let them, let them know everything. Yeah, Amazon Prime. The title of the special is Step Man. Uh, mm -hmm. You can go to my website, uh, mystepman.com. Last night I said bigassteeth.com. I own all the domain names. You can go to all of them. Uh, all the Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, all that stuff. It's two E's in the middle. So it's Mike E. Winfield. They can find it on that. And uh, they should. They should come out and say yes. where they saw uh, me to. So we know that, you know, they saw it on the show or, yeah. heard it, or heard it on this show. Yeah, I always encourage uh, people that watch or listen, reach out to my guests and reach out to Mikey Winfield and let him know you heard him on here and that his time was very well spent. Yeah, and man, it's interesting. Like, it's again, people are watching this special and they're, mm -hmm. they're enjoying it. And it's not, no, of course it's not like every person, you know, that's negative reviews too, but that's part of it. Yeah. I'm even happy to get the negative reviews. That, yeah. <laughs> it's getting reviewed. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. How, how'd you feel about this show? How'd you feel about being on here? Oh, no, man, this is a terrible experience, man. And uh, No, 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 man, this is, uh, yeah, obviously, it's great. It's great. Well, would you mind closing out, looking into the camera, let them know who you are and why they should listen to Hot Breath? Oh, hey. This is Mikey Winfield. And guess what? You don't have nothing else to do. All right, my man. <laughs> no, I like that pause. That pause is like, that's not really what you're going to oh, leave us with. Gonna do, okay. That's not what you're going to say, are you? Okay. <laughs> oh, that's great. No, man, obviously. Hang out. Listen to some different comedy perspective. And if you can take one thing from this, you've won. Boom. That's it.
Mikey Winfield, thanks for being on Hot Breath, my hey, man. man. Congrats it. on everything. Hey, thank you. Woo! Thank you. We did it. We did it. We closed. <laughs> we made it. We made. Hey, that's it. We made it. There it is. Hot Breath, the verse. Do the work. Now, before you dip out of this outro, I just want to say one special piece of news. All I ask, if you did enjoy this episode, reach out to Mike directly on social media and let him know how awesome his time was spent on this podcast. My favorite piece of doing this is connecting with you and also the guests connecting with me and saying, wow, your listeners really do rally around this podcast. It's really a one-of-a-kind platform for us to all come together and just learn about comedy from the best comics in the business. So if you would like to learn more about the podcast, we are on YouTube as well. Hot Breath Podcast is our website. On there you can get merch. You can join our email list. You can read blogs. If you want to connect with other listeners from literally around the world. Just heard from someone in Sweden this past week. She just joined our Facebook group. Go on Facebook, search Hot Breath Comedy Network. We have a lot of good productive discussions about comedy on there as well as doing live Q&As and such. So this is, this is really a community we're building here. And if this podcast has been there for you in those tough times, we all go through the highs and lows as you heard in this episode. All the highs and lows of this comedy game. You're not alone in that and if this podcast has been helpful to you in any way in those times if you'd like to help out the podcast on the website there is a donate button like NPR does you know they have their sustaining members and such if you found this podcast to help you at any time and you found it valuable if you just want to go to the website simply click donate the link is actually in the show notes and just Drop a few bucks, just show an appreciation for the show. That really does go a long way in helping us to keep rolling out this free content every single week. So I appreciate you and your time and all of your support. And I look forward to hearing about your feedback on this episode. So with all that being said, I am going on tour this October as well. The first two weeks of October, I'm on the road. I'm out. In New Orleans, I'm in Lafayette, I'm in Houston. I'm uh, headlining the secret group out in Houston. So if anyone's out in Houston, connect with me. I'd love to meet you and link up and have you come to the show. I'm in Arkansas, and I'll be coming back through Birmingham. I'm doing Huntsville, Nashville, Chattanooga. Just The dates will be on my website, joelbyerscomedy.com. But all that, I just want to connect. So let's connect. Let's build this community together. So we can all get better at comedy. So subscribe. Keep up with all these weekly episodes. And hot brethren and sistren, you know at the end of all these, I thank my wife, Erin Byers, for making the theme song and helping me out with my recent comedy special taping. You'll see real soon. I'm going to release the album first as we roll out the special special that we were talking about in this episode. So as I fade my voice out, we will fade out of this hot breath episode. And until next Monday, right here on Hot Breath. Hot Breath. 
This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.